Welcome to Today in the Word with Pastor Bob Larson of Calvary Chapel Caldwell. Pastor Bob will be with us in just a few minutes, but first we'd like to let you know that Calvary Chapel is located on the corner of 10th and Everett, across from the library in downtown Caldwell. We have two Sunday morning services at 9.30 and 11.30. If you prefer Saturday nights, we have a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. We also have a midweek service Wednesday night at 7 p.m. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on ABC Channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. We are in uh, 1 Samuel 13, and the title of the message is A Man After God's Own Heart. Uh, Verse 14 this morning, so if you have your Bibles open, 1 Samuel 13, verse 14. Let's read it together. But now your kingdom shall not continue... The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. Here in 1 Samuel 13, uh, God was looking for someone. And, uh, you know, if you know the history on Wednesday night, we've been going through Judges and Samuel. And uh, after, from the time of Joshua, after the time of Joshua, uh, through the book of Judges, it was 450 years that God had been looking for someone. He wanted to bring the nation of Israel back, wanted to restore the nation of Israel to the relationship with God. And uh, you know, here Saul has been installed as the king, and he's the first king of Israel, and, uh, and it, start, it doesn't start out good for Israel. Uh, he's disobeying God. Look at verse 13. It says that Samuel said to Saul, the king of Israel, you have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he has commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever, but now your kingdom shall not continue The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be commander over all his people, because you have not kept what the Lord commanded. So here Saul uh, was only king for two years, and he begins to get puffed up with pride, and uh, and this is a problem for, uh, you know, we're going to see for Saul, and and back in verse 1 it says, Saul reigned one year, and then uh, when he had uh, reigned two years over Israel, Jonathan attacked the garrison of the Philistines that was in Gibeah, and the Philistines heard of it, and then Saul blew the trumpet throughout all the land, saying, let the Hebrews hear. So what's going on here is that uh, Jonathan is out doing the fighting, and Saul is blowing the trumpet, or uh, we might use the term tooting his own horn. And so people are thinking that Saul is defeating the Philistines. And so pride begins to develop in Saul's heart. And, and, you know, God is looking for someone that he can use to bring his people back to him and the relationship with him. And he, he's, uh, you know, wanting to use Saul, but Saul begins to get prideful. And, uh, you know, Saul loved it when the women would come out and sing, Saul has slain his thousands. And so, uh, but Saul didn't start out that way. He started out humbly and uh, this sort of developed in him as God promoted him. And, and this has been a problem for the children of Israel, that God would bless them. And as they get blessed, they get prideful, think they don't need him, right? And so God is looking for a person who will do the work of God in such a way that only God will be glorified, right? He's looking for someone who won't get puffed up and become prideful. How many of you uh, love to be around people who are arrogant, right? I mean, we don't like it. 
And, you know, how many of you love to see a little kid that's arrogant, right? I mean, just, uh, right? We, and so God wants us as his children to be humble, but God wants to work through us, and God is looking for people he can work through, that when he does work through them, that they won't get puffed up, but that God will be glorified. Jesus said it in Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So that's what God wants for us, right? He wants to work through your life, to do good things, good works, and that when people see your good works, that they glorify God, that they look at you and say, oh, God is good, right? And, and that's, I think, important for us to realize that God has always been looking for people that he could work through, that people would think, oh, God is good. And so God starts out uh, with Saul, and Saul gets disqualified. Why? Well, because Saul was a self-willed man. Rather than submitting to God, and he wanted to do his own will. Rather than waiting for God and following God's plan, he initiated his own plan. This is what I'm going to do. <clears throat> and Saul got involved in things that he shouldn't have been involved with, and he didn't stay in his lane, we might say in our, our time, right? Uh, he, he went outside of that. He was doing other things. He didn't wait for the Lord. Remember in verse 14 when he said, but now your kingdom shall not continue. That's speaking of Saul. He's saying, look, you know what? Because you're not doing what I've told you to do, I'm looking for somebody else. And then the second part of it in verse 14 when he says, but now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. Now, who do you think that's talking about? It's David, right? We know it's speaking about David. And as we study through Samuel, we're going to look at the life of David. And this verse we know is speaking about David because of the New Testament, <clears throat> Acts 13, 22, it says, and when he had removed him, speaking of Saul, he raised up for them David as king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do all my will. And when you think about what does it mean to be a man after God's own heart, well, as we're going to study the life of David, we're going to find out it doesn't mean that, you're per that he was perfect, right? Uh, David was not a perfect person. And when we think about who is God looking for, who does God want to work through? Well, ordinary people. It wasn't that he just works through perfect people. Sometimes we disqualify ourselves as Christians thinking that God can only use perfect people. And I remember thinking that when I first became a Christian, that, well, I can't serve at church, teach Sunday school, or lead a Bible study, or be involved in, you know, any kind of church stuff because I'm not perfect. I have a lot of flaws. Well, as we're going to find out, David was a man after God's own heart, and he had a lot of flaws, right? And if God only worked through perfect people, then guess who God would work through? Nobody, right? He wouldn't do anything, right? Because there are no perfect people. Now, David was far from perfect. Everybody knows about David and Bathsheba. Even if you don't go to church, you know about David and Bathsheba. And so how is it that God could call him a man after his own heart? Well, I think one of the things that we're going to learn as we study through this book is that David was not sinless, but when David was confronted with his sin, David did not make excuses, right? That's the difference between David and Saul. Saul always had excuses. How many of you know somebody that they are really good at excuses, right? I mean, they're just like, they, they got excuses for everything, right? And, and here's the thing. It, I think it's part of our sin nature. Saul willfully, deliberately went against what he knew God wanted him to do and didn't really have any remorse about it. David was like all of us, you know, loved God, wanted to serve God, but stumbled and, and fell. And, and uh, every time Saul was confronted with his sin, he had an excuse. And in fact, in our text today, uh, Samuel comes to him and says, hey, Saul, why did you do this? 
And, and you know, Saul, it's everybody else's fault. He started out with a whole list of people. Well, first of all, it's the people's fault because the people, the army, they weren't doing the right thing. It's their fault. Well, it's the enemy's fault. They were attacking us. They were advancing. It didn't look good. It's their fault. And then ultimately, he tells Samuel, it's your fault. You should have been here. My sin is because you weren't here, right? For Saul... Uh, he is not an example that we want to be like. This is the beginning of a long history of Saul's life of just making excuses for his sins. And rather than confessing his sin and repenting and getting right with God, he, he wouldn't do that. But uh, Saul didn't begin that way. When he started out, uh, he had tremendous potential. In fact, the Bible tells us that he was tall and good looking. He was taller than everyone else. He was diligent. He was a hard worker. He was humble. He cared about his family. And, and then what happened? God gave him success. And Saul is one of the most tragic figures in all the Bible. Why? Well, because even though he had a lot of victories and a lot of successes in his life, it was all undone by a lifestyle of willful disobedience to God. No matter all the good things that he did, it was wiped out by all the bad things, right? And Saul was a man who, every time he was confronted, he would never repent his whole life long. He always just made excuses. And, and I think that's important for us to learn these lessons from Saul because we live in a world that accepts excuses, right? We live in a world where excuses are okay. And in fact, if you're not good at excuses, we actually have a website, not we, but the, the world has a website called excuse.com. You can get excuses there, right? You can buy some excuses if you're late to work or, or whatever. Uh, but I'm going to save you some money. Don't buy any excuses from excuse.com. If you need an excuse for anything, I mean, I'm kind of slow, but I've caught on to this now. It's been two years. You just say, COVID, it's COVID-19. You hire a guy to come work on your air conditioner. He doesn't come on Friday at 2, like you said. Why weren't you here? COVID-19. Yeah, that's it. Hey, I ordered these parts last week. It's been, you know, what you said that what, it's just the excuse, right? So if you need a good excuse, then that's just a good one, right, that uh, you can use. But here's the thing, that all of us are prone to do it, right? We're all prone to make excuses. And so what we learn when we look at David and Saul is that, uh, you know, we don't want to be excuse makers. And in our world, excuses are acceptable. You know, when I was a kid, excuses were not acceptable. I got in trouble all the time, and I would give, they must have been lame excuses, because I would give excuses, and my dad would say, I don't want to hear any excuses. You did it, you're wrong, Pfft, trouble, right? Now, people can just give excuses like some good ones that, you know, are pretty popular is, well, I didn't have a choice, right? I mean, that's why I did it, right? Or, or, or a most recent one uh, in, in recent years has been, well, I was born this way, right? I mean, the reason that I stole your stuff is because I was born a kleptomaniac, so I just I have to steal your stuff, or uh, you know, whatever it was, or uh, or or this is just how I am, right? Just accept it. I mean, I'm I'm a, whatever it is that someone is sinning. Now, David, on the other hand, was very different. When David was confronted with his sin, and when we read through the Book of Samuel, for most of you, you're going to look at Saul, and you're going to look at David, and you say, well, Saul seemed like he did less bad stuff than David did. Seemed like. David's sins were worse. David was worse. But when David sinned, and when he was confronted with his sin, and God said, what did you do, David? In Psalm 51, David said, I have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. And against you, and you only, have I sinned. See, David, when he was confronted with his sin, he repented, and he asked God for forgiveness. He recognized that this is wrong, and I shouldn't be doing it. See, whereas Saul, he felt like, well, God's rules 
God's commandments are more like guidelines, right? I mean, like, yeah, do whatever you want. But David understood there was a right and a wrong. And David always repented of his sin when God confronted him. And, you know, when you think about here in our text, it says that, that God was looking for a man after his own heart. God's not looking for a sinless person, uh, but he's looking for the kind of person that when you are confronted with your guilt, that you confess it and that you repent of it. The Bible tells us, and I think one of the most valuable truths in the Bible, is that we're to examine ourselves, right? We, we live in a world where people teach us that you can make up your own reality. You can't make up your own reality. We have to be in touch with the truth about ourselves. And all of us, as we go through life, we all have weaknesses. We all have problems. And when someone confronts us, when someone says, you know, you have a problem with anger, you have a problem with alcohol, you have a problem with whatever it is, instead of saying, no, I don't, I mean, that's what a third grader does, right? A three-year-old. But as we grow, God wants to help us to be in touch with reality and know the truth about ourselves. So the Bible says, let a man examine himself. And I love this because it helps you to be in touch with reality. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel Caldwell is now hiring full-time and part-time positions for our exciting Calvary Kids Learning Center. If you enjoy working with children from newborn through kindergarten, please give us a call at 453-9653. Positions are Monday through Friday with our availability to fit your schedule. To learn more about these exciting opportunities, please call 453-9653. We look forward to meeting with you. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Saturday night service at 7 p.m. This is an alternative for those who cannot make it to our Sunday morning services. Like us on Facebook at Calvary Chapel Caldwell or check out our website at calvarycaldwell.com. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on The CW, Channel 2.2. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truth in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's message today in its entirety, you can call us at 208-453-9653 during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're not currently attending a church and are in the Caldwell area, we'd like to invite you to one of our services. We're located on the corner of 10th and Everett, right across from the library in downtown Caldwell. You can also visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. If Today in the Word is ministered to you, and you would like to support this radio outreach ministry, we encourage you to pray for us. You can also partner with us financially. Simply visit calvarycaldwell.com to make a donation. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. May the Lord bless you, and may you have a great day. Today is the day you will